if you don't face the fear, you don't get anywhere. And I think that's, and, and I, I would say that in my professional life, that's my journey. Because people have said, how have you got to where you've got to? And, I, and, and, and the truth of it is by making myself do it and facing the fear and the doubt of, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. Hello and welcome back to Tiny Voice Talks and this week Tiny Voice is talking potential and I'm talking potential with a very good friend of mine Maria Richards. Now I met Maria a few years ago when she was well basically teaching me how to do and and people I was working with how to do talk for writing and since then we've become incredibly good friends and she is all about living out her potential, but also seeing the potential in others. So welcome, Maria. Thank you very much. I was wondering whether you were going to tell the story about how I was trying to avoid you when you tried to get me to come to work with you, because I realised how many trains and taxis and tubes I'd have to take to reach your school. <laughs> yeah, I, wa- I, I was rather persistent at that point. Saying, please come, please come, please come. And you did, yes. And um, and I will never I will never forget us in the pink cowboy hat. <laughs> I love that photo. We have, we've got a great photo of, yes, that we sent to Pie Corbett, funnily enough, of the two of us with cowboy hats on. Yes. So for those that don't know, who is Maria Richards? Oh, I, I love the fact that you start your podcast with these. And, and I know that everybody says the same thing. <laughs> oh, you're asking me that question. Um, so I've, I've pondered this and I think that there are definitely two Maria Richards, without a doubt. There's, there's yes, yeah, <laughs> there's the professional. Deep. I know, I know. I try not to be too deep. Um, but there's the professional Maria Richards and then there's Maria Richards. And they are they are quite different, although I guess they morph into one um, for various aspects and reasons of, of what I do. So the the I shouldn't say unprofessional Maria Richards. The, the Maria <laughs> isn't <laughs> that isn't about her job is just a normal mum, wife reader, baker, chutney maker, runner, novice triathlon person, novice sea swimmer. I'm I'm trying to sound much more exciting than I am. Um, Well, I'm going to stop you at that point because when I met you, and this is really key about potential, when I met you, you couldn't swim. Is that right? No, no, that's true. You're right. Was I talking? And now you're... (laughs) Yeah. And now, because you were just going for your first swimming lesson (gasps) and you were terrified. (laughs) Oh, well well done for remembering. And that's not, that's not very long. And you've gone from not being able to swim Mm. to doing triathlons and swimming in the sea, which is phenomenal. So how did that all come out? Well, it's, I think, I think you calling this potential actually is 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 really great because I, I never thought I had any potential um but I know that a few weeks ago on Twitter I said I think it was on your tiny um voice unites on a Tuesday and I just said mm-hmm. you know this week I've been doing blah 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 and one of the things was overcoming my fears and I think I made that decision a long long time ago even though I didn't realize it about overcoming my 
fears and thinking that if I don't do this, I'm just going to sit alone, like in a dark room and not do anything. And I think that's, that's driven me in a lot of um, things that I do on a, on a, you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis and on a, on a yearly basis. And I think one of my goals was, okay, I think it's a midlife crisis thing, really. It was, okay, you know, <laughs> I'm running again. I'm, I'm out on the, you know, I'm married to a lifelong cyclist and my son was um, on the Olympic development team for cycling track and road. And so I'm in a fit household and I thought, right, I'm going to sort myself out. And I just got really interested in, in um, triathlons, hearing people were doing that, but I couldn't swim. So I thought, right, I need to overcome this fear. You know, I, I, I need to get in a pool. And, and some of the people that we were at running club with um, had mentioned the same thing. So one of the ladies we run with is a, is a swimming instructor. She said, well, I'll put on an adult lesson, not thinking any of us would go. And, uh, she, you know, she's, she's actually on a waiting list at the moment because so it's, it's so popular. And that was it, really. I was absolutely hooked. And it was like being back in the classroom. You know, she'd praise me for getting to the end of a length. And I'd be, oh, no, thank you. Where's my gold star? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then I just you know I, I suppose it's it's made me realize can everything else that I've done in my life really that if you don't face the fear you don't get anywhere and I think that's and, and I, I would say that in my professional life that's my journey because people have said how have you got to where you've got to and I, and, and and the truth of it is by making myself do it and facing the fear and the doubt of oh no I can't do that I'm not good enough and um so yeah, I, although I think two two different Marias, actually they're probably the same person. <laughs> so let's talk about your professional life. Um, had you always wanted to be a teacher? That well, that's again a very interesting question because my immediate response to that, when I think about it, is yes, absolutely, definitely, without without question. Um, but actually, I don't. I don't if I if I really look at it, it, it that wasn't the first choice. So. A little bit of background is that I've, I come from a big Italian family and very strict and very, you know, you will be a lawyer, uh, you will be an accountant, you know, very um, focused on what children should be, what your career should be. And I never yeah. wanted to do any of that. I mean, I'm terrible at maths anyway, um, so I wouldn't have been any good in the accounting <laughs> department. Um, and the whole law thing, I just it just didn't interest me. I was too creative. I was always... Mm making up stories or putting on shows for people come and watch my show you know, that kind of thing and dancing about and things like that so uh, you know my parents were pushing me in one direction but my heart was pushing me very much um, in another direction so I decided in sixth form that I wanted to do psychology and I wanted to do child psychology and that actually came from the fact that my uh, sister, my younger sister, was born when I was 13. So there was a big gap between mm-hmm. them. Um, she was a surprise, as my mum says. <laughs> and that kind of really, it, it disrupted the family um, dynamic in lots of different ways, positive and negative. But it meant that lots of times I, was, I would look after in the holidays. Um, I would, you know, look after after school because my parents were working. And I realised I was interested in children I was interested in reading them stories and I was interested in you know I taught her things we baked flapjacks and stuff you know had a great uh, sibling relationship and I I realized I was good with kids so I thought I actually want to find out more and I want to do child psychology unfortunately I also discovered in sixth form uh, parties uh, drinking (laughs) 
Oh. And come oh, yeah. Oops. Oops. And um, spectacularly failed my A-levels. I didn't know that. I'm learning so many things. No, I didn't know that. I, I, I just, I, I just assumed, you know, it was a very, very straight road. This is what mm. I love about these podcasts mm. because I find out so much, and what I discover so much of the time is that very few people have a very straight road in mm. life. Most people have little twists and turns. Oh yeah. So carry on. Tell me about your twists and turns. So, yeah. uh, so crashed and burned to A level. Yeah. What crashed happened and burned next? to A level. So didn't get into my universities that I'd applied to to do psychology so that was a bit of a shock um, it's my first failure as well so that was a big shock for mm. me I've done well at O level and things like that and um, so I took a year out and I thought right what can I do because my parents were really cross with me obviously um, I was retaking so I was retaking myself I was gonna um, I was just self-studying and I was gonna retake my A levels anyway um, but my parents were cross and they said you know we're not going to support you you've got to sort yourself out so I I got a few jobs, um, one of which was in a gym, and it was start. It started off as a receptionist, but moved into actually being an aerobics instructor. And this is important because it. Every- oh my goodness! Oh, you are an aerobics instructor. Yeah. Oh. Wow! It's this story just keeps getting better. And this is Carry on. And this is proper end of the eighties, early nineties. So it was proper like step aerobics, leg warmers, leotards. Oh, I love that. Like Jane Fonda. Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. Oh, love it. But it's it that's important because everything I seemed to be doing was leading me to teaching. I loved like planning the sessions, like teaching people this these fitness routines and that sort of thing. So that was one job. And then the other job I got, I thought, well, I'm good with kids. I'll see if I can get a nanny job. And so I was a nanny Mm -hmm. to three children, nine, five, and three, gorgeous girls. Uh, Both parents were lawyers, um, solicitors, and it was my job to look after the children on certain days when they were doing different types of work. And I would pick them up from school and cook and do whatever else for them. But loved, like, reading them stories, same sort of things I would have done with my sister. So reading them stories, we did drawings and colorings and wrote stories together and all of that kind of thing. And I also had a third job, which was silver service at a local restaurant, but I only lasted a week because I couldn't do the silver service. I, uh, <laughs> I had no. Oh, it is. It is tricky. It is so tricky, tricky trying to get those those cutlery in that right hand yeah. going. It was ridiculous. I kept dropping the lamb and and the and the beef off. Oh. So that so I I was let go after quite quite soon after that. Anyway, so um, I luckily I did re I retook my. A levels, I passed um, and mm-hmm. reapplied to uni. Um, but my le- my my grades weren't still high enough to do psychology. It was very um, popular in the nineties. But I thought I'll get in and then I'll change. You know, because everyone was saying, "Oh, you can change your course." Yeah, mm, didn't work. <laughs> so that didn't work. So I went to uni. I got onto a combined honors degree. I then tried to change to psychology. They wouldn't let me. And then, and then I specialised in applied economics, believe it or not. Um, oh, my goodness. I know. Just wait. So this is the woman that doesn't yeah. think she's very, very good at maths, yet did applied economics. Mm. How interesting. Yeah. Um, and actually came second in the year overall, only by a few points. Wow. No. So a subject that I didn't really want to do. But I found in it the pockets that really interested me, like the economics of ideology and the economics of uh, the environment. And so I could be very creative in my outcomes and my essays. Oh, I, yeah. And I still mm. had the mathsy stuff, but there were lots of people on my course that were like me and we all just helped each other. So that was fun. 
but in that at that same time as graduating um was a, a really not very good in we we're in a recession basically um I don't think you even had a careers fair that year at uni because there just wasn't anything about yeah thought, what, so I kept going back to what do I think I'm good at because I can't leave my parents mm. cross with me I believe uni without a job and I thought well, I'm still good with children and I'm you know I'd kept mm. up my nannying in the holidays and things like that so long story short I thought I wonder if I can get onto a PGCE if I'll be good enough which I was, clearly, um, because I've become a teacher. So, yeah, so I went off to Roll College when it was still uh, in Exmouth, the lovely Roll College, yeah. and I did my PGCE, and I was just in love with it. I loved being in the classroom with the kids. And really early on, I realised that English was my thing. You know, I loved yeah. the books, reading, and I loved stories and teaching the children how to write. And that was that was like yeah. a really early recognition for me really so yeah long story short that's how I got to be so yes I always wanted to be a teacher but I didn't I don't think I knew it it was coming out in lots of different yes. things um, and, and I think that happens to so many of us actually because when I was younger that was never something I would go oh, yes I want to be mm. a teacher but I discovered like you a love for it that I didn't know existed, you know, and and I love it to, to my very core. Mm. I love teaching. Mm. Um, so how long did you remain in the classroom then before your sort of second career occurred? Mm. So I was really lucky, I think, in the schools. I was really lucky in my teaching practice schools. I learned so much. I had amazing teacher mentors who I'm still in contact with, which is which is fantastic. Um, so I learned so much. One school uh, that I taught in in Plymouth, really tricky area. And it taught me all about managing classroom management and how to manage children and things like that. So I was really lucky with my teaching practices, with the schools I worked with. I felt I learned so much. Um, in one school I worked in in Plymouth when I actually started teaching, I had an amazing deputy head who was very much into writing and books. And she just filled me with knowledge and was such an inspiration. Um, and then when I moved to Somerset, again, the school I work with, just my head teacher, she such a role model in that she allowed me to really grow and she noticed my potential, um, my potential for teaching. And she got me on the leading teaching program, leader te- leading teachers. Yeah. program, And that just opened up my my world, really, uh, in terms of helping mm-hmm. again. So everything, again, came back to helping not just children and teaching children, but then teaching and helping others. And mm. it was really through that leading teacher program that I ended up leaving the classroom and mm. moving into the, con- the consultancy work for the local authority. And again, it was all down to sort of, I always say it's luck. I don't know if it's luck or fate or mm. timing, but it was the time of the national strategies and the local authority needed some more national strategy consultants and I felt that I'd gained so much. I just wanted to share it. I know that sounds corny. I'm really, yeah. <laughs> but I thought, no, not at all. <laughs> I just thought, you know, I, I, I love what I do. I love all this English work that I'm creating. And I wanted to be able to share that with people. And, and the national strategy consultants job did give me the opportunity to do that. But it also came with the really taxing stuff as well. You know, you had to do all the national strategy training, um, which I was very afraid of. I just, was so stage fright I suppose you could say I really had to work on that and how I presented to people and really again face my fear um yeah 
but now I would say training is one of my favorite things to do and it's, it's, it's really odd isn't it from going from a place where I thought I couldn't do it to then say mm. no you've got to do this you've got to face your fear you've got to push yourself and then and get into that end point so yeah it was, so I again learned a lot through being a national strategy consultant and work I was so lucky because I worked with so many schools in different contexts and that taught me so much because it's really easy, isn't it? To sit in your school and think, oh, everybody teaches like this. Everybody's school works yes. like this. Everybody's head is like this. And then you realise it's not. <laughs> so the national strategy job and working with lots of schools, vulnerable schools, schools that really needed support and watching them change and grow and move forward was amazing. I know it wasn't just about me because there was other teams that went in to support schools like that, but. Uh, knowing that you're a little bit a part of that um mm. just gave me a really gave me a really happy glow really and so it was quite a shock when all of that stopped you know with the the, the coalition government the change of government um we were all made redundant very quickly and that was a big shock really. that must have been such a shock yeah that must have been really very very scary because actually um when you're sort of teaching in the classroom you have that the well, there's a level of security within that. And then suddenly as a consultant, did you did you recognise, whenever you went into the consultancy, did you recognise that there wasn't the level of security or were you oblivious of, of that until it sort oh, of fell apart? No, I was, this was like, yeah, this is my new job. This is what I'll do. Right. <laughs> I was your, I was your typical put your head in the sand person. Oh, it's not going to happen. It's be fine. Mm. fine. And so, yeah, I, I took it really hard. I, um, yeah, I didn't cope very well with that at all. When, when the actual the, the redundancy letter came, and I remember the day really clearly, it plopped on the mat, and it's like, oh, okay, this is real. Then <laughs> this is going to happen. What am I going to do? And it sort of came at a point, sort of mid school year as well. So it wasn't really well early, sort of, it was sort of, sort of October, November time. So it wasn't even an ideal time to try and get a new role or get a job or it was very strange and 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 again if you come back to that potential idea I was thinking what what have I got the potential to do now shall I go back into school should I be ahead I I didn't know what to do it was one of those flat spin moments really um so what did you do so well there was a lot of talk what the local authority did at at the time they gave us. They did give us support in, in how we could move forward. And there was a talk one day. Uh, a man came in and talked to us about setting up our own businesses and, and you know being freelance. And, and, and they had lots of speakers saying, "Oh, freelance, it's all great, you know, and this is what you do." And I sat there thinking, "No, this is ridiculous. No way. Why am I even here? You know, I need a job. I've always had a job. You know, I need to, I need a salary." Mm. Um, and again, I don't really know how it happened, Toria, but I left that. Um, that seminar and I you know finished out my days with the local authority um and then a month later you had to leave a month before you could do anything um and, and a month yeah. later all of a sudden I was I'd, I'd, I'd gone self-employed um oh my goodness that's incredibly brave well it was <laughs> it's a bit of a blur and I, as I said I don't I'm not really sure what happened and I think because I had some such good relationships with schools at that point mm. I really wanted to carry on working with them there was like work left over and they were quite happy to have me in as a as a as a freelance person and and one school um actually employed me they said we can't really pay consultant rates but we can employ you 
So I had I was I was in a lovely mid ground where I was sort of like a, a super literacy consultant or um, sorry uh, like subject leader, but I was a, a consultant as well at the same time. So I did two yeah. days a week in that school and then went out to other schools. And it, I mean it was very slow going the first couple of years freelance, um, and then things just got better really and bigger and people got to know who I was and what I did and. I'd found Twitter and I was networking and um, and that really led me, yeah, I don't know if you're going to ask me another question there. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just going to say that I suppose actually when you, when you take a leap of faith like that and you go out on your own and you're moving away from previous, you still have your existing networks, but you need mm. to cast your net wider mm. for that wide network. Mm. And actually, I suppose Twitter is a great way a really important tool for consultants or you know self-employed people to use yeah and it was it was, wasn't anything I'd even considered it was you know my husband actually yeah. said, get yourself on Twitter see what's going on get into the educational circles um, but it was the people I met on there you know that's why Tiny Voice Tuesday resonates so much with me because it was the people I met mm. on there made a huge difference to me in those those early days trying to get going um, you know, I, I, I discovered that Pi Corbett was on Twitter. I discovered that you know Alan Pete was on Twitter. I found Paul Cookson. All these people that I've got really good relationships with now came from from Twitter, um, and and also to help get my message out there. Really, and and you know, people often say to me, um, "How have you ended up now?" I, I suppose I haven't. We've, we've jumped right in, haven't we? This is our typical uh, gossiping morning, isn't it, Toria? Because we jumped yeah. right in. I haven't even explained what, what I do now, but people often say to me, how have you become a talk for writing trainer? You know, How did you get to that? Which is job? what she does now, everyone. That's where <laughs> she is now. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's... So, yeah, so you, so you were self-employed, and I, but how did you make that leap from being self-employed, your own company, et cetera, to talk for writing trainer because that's uh, so many people dream of a role like that so how did it occur it's uh, again I don't I, I don't know are we gonna say it's serendipity are we gonna say it's fate l- you know luck I don't know okay so well, I do know actually it's quite a funny story um so I'm so again this is the split Maria so I'm still uh, self-employed I'm still I have my I have a little company called infinity literacy limited um but I am an associate accredited licensed talk for writing trainer. So we're not employed through talk yes. for writing, but we work alongside. And I'm incredibly lucky to be part of Pi Corbett's team and got lovely colleagues that uh, I, I work with. And basically, Toria, I was uh, lucky enough as part of the National Strategies to be the lead person in our county to go on the pilot, Southwest pilot for talk for writing that Pi did with the National Strategies. So I was oh, wow. brought by him across a year. We had lots of sessions mm-hmm. with him of what talk for writing was. And then it was our role to go back to the local authority and see how we were going to roll that out to, to give better life chances to children through reading and writing. I'm so lucky um, to have done that. But I was hooked from the first session because I knew who mm. Pi was. I'd read some of his books. I kind of kind of got it but didn't really I played around with it a little bit as a teacher but not really um but that first session I was totally hooked and and it just made sense thought this makes sense everybody needs to know about this and so suddenly I had a purpose had a real purpose and passion to let people know 
So I did it through the local authority work. And then I actually um, very cheekily contacted Pi when we were made redundant and said, look, is it okay? Can I carry on doing some of these things? Some of my schools are really at the point of development. And he very kindly at that point said, of course, you know, yes, keep me in contact with what you're doing. (laughs) So I basically made myself um, not indispensable, probably um, oh, that's the wrong word. Not into, I just kept turning up at Pi's training, you know, in conferences. They couldn't get rid of you. <laughs> I was it's like, like, oh, here she is again. Sitting right in the front, making comments. But I was, <laughs> you know, like, the schools I would work with, work, were working with at that point, I would bring them. I said, you've got to come on this training. You've got to come and do the grammar. Mm. Training. Come and do this. And then I'd go with them and sit in the front and, uh, you know, volunteer to do everything. Um, and then one day we were, at, we were at the conference and I was telling him how the school had, you know, got through their Ofsted and they praised the writing. And I got this phone call. Um, or was it an email? I think it was an email a, a day later saying, you know, we've been talking about it. And we think it would be really great if you came and, and joined us. And I cried for about half oh, an hour. <laughs> because how was, amazing is that? It was a massive step forward, really. Yeah. For me. And, um, yeah, really looked back from that but I suppose again coming back to your potential thing they saw something in me that I probably wasn't seeing in myself but because I've taken that step forward and been given that opportunity it's really allowed me again to grow and become this other the other faction of me um, this talk for writing trainer and my passion for that I think is 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 unbounding really and I, I love it and I just feel just so grateful for, that I've had the opportunity to do this and it's taken me it's taken me everywhere it's taken me to places like West Sussex and Croydon mm-hmm. and um you know all over the southeast but it's also taken me to Australia to Kuala Lumpur to Poland to Milan to places I would never go to Brunei places I would never go that's to. amazing and now Sorry, carry on. Uh, and and be, being able to, to pass that message on. That's, and, and that has been, I think, one of my highlights in the last, well, since I've been made redundant, it's been the, the biggest highlight to be, be in a position where I can pass this knowledge on to people. That is just wonderful. <laughs> and what I was going to say is now this year, has been incredibly hard for mm. people like yourself because you can't travel to all of those far-flung places. In fact, you can't travel very far at all. So how have you dealt with that? Well, again, massive learning curve. Um, we Our work, for a lot of us, actually, not just talk for writing trainers, lots of uh, self-employed consultants like me. I mean, my work completely stopped on the 20th of March, like completely, um, for wow. very, very many weeks and months um just because of that because we couldn't get into schools schools were shut or schools had bigger things to 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 think about than than training and cpd and quite rightly so and i was so in awe of them being able to carry on and still am in awe of every single teacher out there and what they do and how they've just kept going with their purpose really um which is amazing um so again another big learning curve and another leap of faith really um going online and we were really lucky that we met really regularly through lockdown um, with Pi and Julia and uh, the other consultants and just teased out, mm. you know, how might we take our training online? Um, yeah. And, you know, I think I think we've done a really good job. I think we've we the feedback I get now is is really heartwarming and it makes me really happy. But I think 
we make it interactive, we make it a pleasurable experience as much as possible. Um, and yes, it's, it's, it's been tough, don't get me wrong. And I'm sure my brain is melting a little bit from all the online screen time I'm having. But um, I'm just grateful to be able to carry on doing what I'm doing. And, 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 and I'm grateful that people are also taking a leap of faith and saying, do you know what, we will have it online. It will be okay. Yeah. Um, and Pi and I did a, a session this week where we got together a project group um, from Hereford and and this mm. is really tricky because we're, there's 30 odd of us. Um, we always go to a school venue. We always teach. Pi and I teach a lesson with all the teachers to watch. And you just can't do that now. Yeah. So we thought we need to finish this project. How are we going to do it? And we translated all of that online. And the feedback we've got from that is, is really great. And we were able to draw on films of myself and Pi teaching that we'd taken on another project and show those and break those down. And so I think... Uh, you know, I think we have, uh, I have, and we have done done really well to try and keep that going because it wasn't just about okay, I'm not earning any money. <laughs> it was about oh, we can't carry on doing what we're doing and 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 helping the people and teaching the people that we want to teach really. Um, so again, I guess I'm I'm grateful to be to have had that opportunity to think okay, what's the potential of going online? Can we do it? Let's try it out and actually realising that we can. And it's been great. I think COVID-19 has forced so many of us in education to think outside the box and do things differently. Mm-hmm. It really has. Absolutely. And, you know, moving forward, that can only be a good thing for education. It really, you know, I really believe that it's it's enabled us to change the face of how we do things. Mm-hmm. So what potential is left in Maria where where to next I knew you were gonna ask me this <laughs> only because yeah. I know where to next and it's brilliant <laughs> I know well it's really good it's a, it's a seamless link there Toria because I know <laughs> did, did you get that <laughs> well, you, you really should do a podcast you know <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> so um your lockdown opened up lots of things for me as well not just working out how we could keep our our, our careers going um mm. it made me think about you know it, it gave me so much time to think um and to read mm. and then I thought right come on Maria what else is it that you wanted to do and two things came out well uh, sorry three things came out of it first of all the sea swimming yeah. we talked about. then basic yeah. car playing which we haven't talked about but just just save that one I'll tell you about that another day my husband bought me a basic okay. car a few years ago which is gathered dust and I thought no I'm gonna play it I'm gonna learn how to do that and then the okay well we could have a show in a few in a few weeks you know or maybe a few months or a few years depending on how well you're doing yeah we'll have a show devoted to bass guitar okay. real on the bass guitar sure. yeah nice okay but the third <laughs> thing that you're asking about is that I've started writing my middle grade uh novel for children yay I know so exciting <laughs> Don't hold your breath. <laughs> it's definitely work in progress. I think I'm st- I'm stuck around seven thousand words at the minute. Um, uh, with, with of the actual thing, there's lots of other sketchy bits that are, are going to feed in. Um, but yeah, I really want to do it, and I think that's wonderful because I mean, so many of us go, "Oh, I'd love to write a book. Mm-hmm. I'd love to write a book." But you're actually doing it. You've actually started and you're 7,000 words in. That's 7,000 words more than so many people who are going, I'd love to write a book. 
I'm hoping it'll be more than that by the next time we speak. But um, yeah, and it's been really great because Pi, I kind of mentioned it on Twitter one day and then he gave me a a bashing saying, come on, just do it, do it, sit down right every day. So that kept me going, actually. I kept hearing him in my head saying, yeah, actually, I will sit down for 10 minutes and I'll do a bit more. Um, It's been a bit curtailed now that work is, is up and running again, but I... I've joined lots of online forums about writing. I did. I've joined Write Mentor there on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Great community oh. of writers. Yeah, secondary school teacher started up uh, the commu- a community of writers. He's got loads of authors uh, that work with him and will do different author courses. And that's and they did a brilliant online conference um, the end of September, which I absolutely loved um, across a whole weekend. So I learned lots and lots from that. I've taken a massively brave step and gone to a local writing group. I'm the only person doing. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm the only person doing uh, ch- uh, children's writing, writing for children. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think I, I, that makes me feel slightly better because I'm thinking, oh well, you know, they, they're not sort of tuned in at the same um, with the same books that I'm writing, and I, I, I don't feel as bad about myself when I listen to them read out their things and think, mm. wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's okay. I'm doing a different genre. It's fine. So um, yeah, that's been a that's been an eye opener, um, and really, I, I'm just drawing on everything I've been taught and everything that I teach people. And I just thought, I just get on with it, Maria. Just get it down, and if no one ever reads it, it doesn't matter. I've still done it. Oh, I will. I, I, you'll have at least one person that will read oh, it. It'll be me. You, you, I'd already put you on the list anyway. So <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Whether you liked it or not, but what I love. What I love is that you are realizing your true potential, and that person that was that that you know that is scared. You 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 don't listen to. You allow yourself to realize your true potential, and that's really inspirational. Oh, thank you. I try not to listen to that scared person. She she wins sometimes, but I try not to. Thank you. That's really kind of you to say. Now. I'm going to ask you the question that everyone goes, ooh, to. Well, actually, it's the second question everyone goes, ooh, to, which is, if you could ha- have anyone, living or dead, to have to be your teacher or have been your teacher, who would it be? Well, you see, again, this might sound a little bit corny, but I'm going to say it anyway. I already feel really lucky because I've been taught a lot by Pi Corbett. So I I feel that I've had that at a later date, Um Mm. by him not just about how to write but just actually life in general he's he's great with that too um but if if I could choose anybody the professional Maria would definitely definitely have wanted to be taught by Ted Hughes because um one of our little research things we did as a team was to read um poetry in the making by Ted Hughes and I would Mm -hmm. recommend that to anybody interested in writing or teaching writing or primary writing, Ted Hughes, Poetry in the Making. I just loved it. Um, it just made sense about how to grow writers um, and how, yeah. how how you get children, well, people to write, basically. I would have loved to have been taught by him the craft of, of making things come alive on a page. Um, definitely. But to counteract that, though, the other Maria would like to have been taught by Greg Davis, Davina McCall and Michael Palin. (laughs) (laughs) I love comedy. I love characters. And that that the other Maria would definitely would have liked that, too. And I know I'm only allowed one. So I snapped that in really quickly. Did you notice? (laughs) 
I did. I did. I'm just imagining it all in my head. You know, this this school of those four teachers. Pheno- yeah. Phenomenal. I'm loving your choices. I really am. <laughs> um, so how do people find Maria? What's your Twitter handle? How, how, how do we find you? Well, my Twitter handle is InFedUcation, which is a merge of infinity and education. Um, nice. so you can find me on Twitter. Um, and uh, I'm, I often try to tag lots of people in. Um, you can find me on the Talk for Writing website, which is www.talkforwriting.co.uk. You can find me on my website, which is www.infinityliteracy.co.uk. Um, yeah, and that's about and it. And soon we'll be able to find you in bookshops too. Well, I hope so. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Maria, it has been a delightful conversation and I know you have a busy day ahead of you doing many things. So I shall let you go. Thank you so much for giving me your time. Well, thanks ever so much for having me. It's been a blast. (laughs) Hasn't it just? (laughs) Bye. Bye.